Once upon a time in a magical land of make-believe and mystery, there were two girls who dreamed that one day the stories they read in books would come to life. They often wondered what it would be like to see characters from those books live in their world and even interact with characters from other books. Those dreams have come true and those girls are now grown, but their imaginations are still filled with the magic of childhood and every week they like to take an adventure beyond Storybrooke. Welcome to Beyond Storybrooke. I'm Trina. And I'm Addie. And we are your hosts from beyondstorybrooke.com. And today we're discussing episode 10 of Once Upon a Time called Shattered Sight, which aired December 7th. First, we want to say that this episode was not the winter finale like we thought. No, the schedule I had looked at was wrong. I don't know. It's kind of hard to fish that out because I think the networks try to keep it closely knit. And the schedule I got must have changed because it had said last or this week was the last one. But apparently we have one more week, which is all good news. Good news for us. We have yeah. one more week of Once Upon a Time. Hooray. And that, me- that means another week of Beyond Storybrooke. Woohoo. So let's dive into our recap. In this episode, we are given a slight history lesson. We first go back to Boston, 1982, where Ingrid slash the Snow Queen seeks a psychic to find Emma. And she has no magic. Meanwhile, in Storybrooke, everyone is their worst self, with Snow and Charming sniping at each other, Kristoff second-guessing, marrying Anna, Regina is stuck in her vault, and she blames no one but the Savior. Emma and Elsa figure out that to break the spell, they must kill Snow- the Snow Queen, but because they are bound by the yellow ribbons, they cannot harm the Snow Queen. We're taken back to Richfield, Minnesota in 1999, where we see Emma and Ingrid happy as can be until Ingrid goes too far and tests Emma's power. A freaked out Emma runs away. Back in present day Storybrooke, Emma and Elsa figure out that to be free of the ribbons, they need an equal amount of hate to destroy the love in those ribbons. So they seek out Regina, who unknowingly does the job and breaks them free from the ribbons. Emma and Elsa find Ingrid while Regina is free from her vault... Regina seeks out Emma at the sheriff's station but finds the Charmings. Regina sends Anna and Kristoff back to the beach and challenges Snow to a sword fight. At the beach, Kristoff wants to go back to Arendelle, but Anna stops him by knocking him out with the bottle. That has Anna and Elsa's mother's message in it. After reading the letter, Anna finds Emma and Elsa, who are in the Snow Queen's ice cave, ready to kill her, but the Snow Queen has their memories, and both Emma and Elsa hesitate to kill her. Anna arrives in the ice cave to reveal their mother's letter stating her love for Ingrid and to let all of Ar- Arendelle know how great her sister is. Knowing that her sister loved her, Ingrid sacrificed herself to break the spell of Shattered Sight and all is well in Storybrooke once again. So there was a lot that happened this episode. <laughs> yeah. As my quick recap was Ex- pretty long. long. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty long because there a lot did happen because remember... Uh, this is one thing you've brought up, and I totally agree with you, Trina, is that one of the things that we like about Once Upon a Time, once the winter finale comes around, they end that story. So you kind of get like a two-for-one per season. Uh, last season right. was half of Peter Pan, and then half was... Wicked uh, Witch. Yeah, the Wicked Witch. So that was pretty cool. And then this time around, we have Frozen, 
and then merging onto some very, very interesting storylines, and we'll get into that later. But with that comes the very packed two episodes to come, which is this one, and then the one that's coming next week. So let's get into some of the feedback. Chris Tipton gave a rating of 7 out of 5 Pet Rocks. And Ruthie gave 8.5 out of 10 Poorly Punching Will Scarlets. <laughs> and I would like to proudly announce my rating. <laughs> and I want to say thank you to both Chris and, and Ruthie for letting us in the know of how these ratings go, where they stem from, and just, it's fun. That's one of the main reasons why, you know, as we kept getting everybody's feedback and then they would throw that rating in, it was just something that was that always caught our attention and, and it added that special touch to it. And we just wanted to be in the know. And now we are, thanks to you. Thank you so much for sharing the insight. And I like to rate this 9 out of 10 ugly Regina dresses. <laughs> How about you, Trina? And I'll say 9 out of 10 messages in a bottle. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> So let's move on. We got a lot of feedback from Chris, and I think he has some awesome points. Yeah, Chris, so he has a top five, and we'll just go down the list real quick and then kind of incorporate that with our discussion because a yeah. lot of the stuff he says we have agree with. And have, as well. Exactly. So starting with his top five, number five is Ingrid and the Psychic. Number four <laughs> is Emma and Ingrid's Backstory. Number three is Rumpel's Plan. Number two is Everyone Under the Spell. And number one is The Resolutions. So he thought this was an amazing episode and it just keeps getting better and better. I agree. This was a pretty strong episode and it put everything in a nice little bow, so to speak. I kind of like that touch where because everybody has the shattered sight, their truth kind of things that we've thought of about these characters come up through their own mouth about certain things. And <laughs> the one that made me laugh out loud was when Regina finally sees uh, that Snow's in jail, Charming's in jail, and then two people that she doesn't know, but she just sees it as a jackpot opportunity. And then she starts to say, you know, because you've taken, you know, the love of my, my first love and did this and that, and then you hear an interruption from Kristoff said, well, she has a point. <laughs> and then there, there's one another scene. I don't want to get too lost into this, but there's one more that made me laugh out loud when well, you have. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was say if you want, let's just talk. Let's just talk about everybody under the spell right now. OK, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. OK, let's switch it up a little bit. Yeah. Should I start since I'm already. Yeah, yeah. Go for it. Okay. You're all you're in it. So then the one that you obviously see right off the bat is both Charming and Snow. They just hate each other's guts. They want to rip each other's hearts out. <laughs> and and it's pretty sad because, you know, you usually hear that nice, romantic, lovely music. And nope, you know, DJ Scratch, there is nothing <laughs> of that here. And then when she's confronted with Regina, they start fighting. And it's so hilarious when Snow's like, I was 10. <laughs> I caught that too. I was like, after after all this time, you're still holding a grudge against a 10-year-old who didn't know any better and who thought she was helping but was tricked by her mom. So Very naive. And <laughs> you can't, you know, when you really think about it that way, you're like, yeah, she was just a kid. Kids right. make mistakes. 
Well, now that we're on Regina, you notice how when she turned evil, her clothes changed, which is the <laughs> ugly dress that you yeah. talked about. That was, that was really hilarious. And she quickly looks in the mirror and says, you know, what are you wearing? She changes her clothes. And you're like, yeah. Ugh, what kind of Regina <laughs> is that? I think I've fallen in love with the new character of who Regina's come to be. She's not the evil queen. Let me backtrack that a little bit. I loved the evil Regina. That was, you know, she's a kick-ass character, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we see this other side really fully engaged to a mean Regina. And it's like, whoa. Yeah. And she quickly says, the savior did this. She doesn't say Emma. Did right. you notice that? I think she, every time she's in that mode, that evil queen mode. She, she thinks of savior. Yeah, she says the savior, the savior, and blames the savior. Which is funny because she's the one who put the spell in the vault. Didn't she to trap her in there so that she wouldn't go out there and harm everybody? Yeah, she does. So she blames the savior. I'm like, wait. Yeah. But I think what she means is she had to put that there to begin with because of the savior. You oh, I, I mean? gotcha. I gotcha. And then speaking of the savior, when Emma sees her, she's like, how do you walk in that thing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of funny quips that everybody yeah. had. Little one-liners. I think Emma, tonight, Emma had a lot of the good one-liners. Yeah, I agree. Even when she's young. Right. Yeah. But even with the, everybody as their worst self, worst self, the Charmings, do you think they were, I don't think they were that bad. They were, they were still, you know, they had some pretty mean words to say to one another, but I don't think they were that bad. I don't, I don't think so. I think what was really hurtful at some point was when you, you kind of feel bad for Kristoff. He, he goes into his rant and says, you know, I'm, I'm done with this. Yeah. I just want to live the normal life. I didn't have this, that, and that I think was more realistic than the arguments from others. You felt bad for Kristoff or Anna? For both. Oh, okay. Because that, that shed some realistic light, like, wow, you know, yeah, since from the beginning, it's just been a constant struggle and a constant journey that they've been on together. They haven't really had that peace just to... That's true. Whereas you've had, you know, Charming and them, they've had their time together, mm-hmm. their ups and downs with, you know, longer intervals, where here it's just been a constant boom, boom, boom. Do you think that as their worst self, that's how they truly feel deep down inside? Or a part of them feels that way? Like Charming calls Snow, Snow White uh, spoiled and she calls him <laughs> just a shepherd boy and a fake. I don't, I don't think so. I don't think they honestly feel that way because if they did, then they wouldn't be in love with each other. Because they're they're able to see things they love that with love does not come that type of, you know, eyes. They don't think you have that. Yeah, I feel like though that a part of them not necessarily feels like that, but that thought crossed their mind. They're aware. You know, it's like aware they're aware of it. Yeah. But it's not how they feel. So I think this spell's kind of funny in that sense. Yeah. And then let's touch on um and also regarding this spell, we see Henry telling off Huck, like, you're a dirty pirate. I hate you with my mother. And, you know, together. And you have Hook who's not under the spell because he doesn't have a heart to begin with. Right. Which that also made me think about Marianne. She doesn't have a heart. That's right. So she probably didn't get under the curse either. But they didn't even show them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, You made me think of that. They didn't even show them at all. Yeah. And... You know, you brought up Henry. So we see his little dark side or evil side, right? 
But what about Belle? Is she asleep this whole time? <laughs> I mean, apparently, what happened? Apparently, that's the last scene, right? She's asleep. That's, yeah, that's the last scene. She's sleeping. And I'm like, well, this whole time she was asleep. And so we didn't get to see her worst self. No. Who else was under the, the spell? We have the whole, you see um, Grumpy getting chased by, I forgot who, with the bow and arrow. Or, I think it was Happy. Yeah, Happy, happy chasing <laughs> Grumpy. <laughs> and then you have Dopey getting punked by some other one not really sure and of course don't forget will scarlet missing a missing a punch at hook yeah he seemed drunk and he was stealing <laughs> somebody's wallet i saw on the street can we talk about that scene really quick sure so in that scene that's when emma and elsa and are in, in rumple stillskin's shop okay mm-hmm. they're yeah. in there they're trying yeah. to break off the ribbons and then this is the moment when i thought oh this is when Emma's going to find out about Hook because he's not going to be affected. That's going to raise suspicion. Like, wait a minute. Why aren't you under the shattered site? What's wrong with you? And I thought that's what was going to happen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But they never cross paths no. until the end. That's right. Oh, not even in no, the end. I, was like, I, I, cut, I take that back. Yeah. I was like, wait, I don't see them ever in a scene together this, this episode. This episode, they never saw each other. But I, I seriously thought like, oh, this is when he's going to find out. Nope, it didn't happen. <laughs> so before I go into the next thing, because we want to talk about, you brought up Hook and Rumple. Mm-hmm. Um, real quick, I just want to read Chris's feedback with the whole everybody under the spell. Okay. Um, so Snow- Snowing's interaction was amazing. Very nice callbacks to season one They were when they were falling in love. When Snow said that she was a murderer and she wasn't sorry for killing the evil queen's mommy, it was chilling and horrifying. One of my favorite moments of this episode. Anna being hurt by Kristoff's words was heartbreaking. She's absolutely adorable. Grumpy and the rest of the dwarves fighting was just so satisfying. Also, Granny and her crossbow. I lost it when Will tried to hit Hook and miss and ran into the wall. So epic. I have to wonder if there were any fatalities with all the arrows flying around. Lastly, of course, Snow and Regina's epic battle. I feel all Oncers have been waiting four years for this. So good. Ginny plays a great evil Snow. I was teen. So... You know, we kind of agreed with what Chris said. I think uh, one thing he mentioned. Oh, yeah. When she does tell and say that she's a murderer, Snow says she's a murderer. That was pretty. That was pretty good when she says I'm. She admitted. She admitted it. Yes. And she wasn't sorry for it. Yeah. When she killed Regina's mom. That that was a moment. Yeah. Okay. I would give that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That and of course, their fight scene. <laughs> That's right. I mean, we have been waiting for that. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure they've waited for you know, the characters themselves have waited for that for a long time as well. And that was some awesome fighting. You get They get thrown through yeah. the door. Regina goes yeah. through the door. And then you have Snow going down on the computer and on the floor. And then just sword to sword. Yeah. And with all that said, I mean, they still, the Charmings do come together at one moment, though, because she threatens the baby, baby. Neil. Mm-hmm. So even so. in Shattered Sight, they still they come st- to terms for one thing. For one thing, the baby. All right, so let's go to Rumple. So Belle's asleep this whole time, and I'm wondering, at that scene when you, when you were talking about it, I thought she would overhear, because they're in there talking in the pawn shop, and she's, and she's sleeping in the back. Oh, that's right. So I thought for sure she was going to hear them. Do you, he didn't put her under a spell or anything, right? He just kind of... No, I thought he put him. I put her put her in the pawn shop, but put this spell around that. I didn't, I didn't think she put a... I didn't think he put a spell on her. Yeah, I don't know. That that was weird. <laughs> right. I mean, and, you know, Chris, again, with Rumpel's plan, 
he, he writes, I'm so excited to see how this unfolds. He literally threatened the whole world in this episode. I'm starting to think he will kill Hook. It really seems that's where they're going. I again expected Belle to overhear Rumpel, but I suppose she was too busy sleeping. So just same thing, exactly the same thing as we said. Yeah. And I too, I mean, his plan is still going on. Even mm-hmm. though the Snow Queen, the curses, you know, didn't go through, his plan's still on. And you see that when he's talking to... um. When he's talking to Hook, you kind of feel like, okay, well, now it's over. Hook is off the hook, so to speak. <laughs> but he's not. He's pretty much saying, no, there's there's still a work around this. I'm not done. And I actually want to bring up something very important. I don't know if this caught your attention. It certainly caught my attention because I think regardless of the situation, this is going to be something key in the future, I think. So this is what he says. And this is happening when Hook gets the assignment to go get Henry. And he gives him that little red powder. Like, you're going to need this. And Rumple says this. When the stars align in the sky with the stars in the hat, I should finally clear myself from this dagger and be on the other side of that frozen wall. The dark one always finds a way. Mm-hmm. So I think whatever situation happens, he's just waiting for that moment mm-hmm. for the stars in the sky to align with the hat. Like, that's so key. Something else is going to happen, I think. I took that scene, like, word for word. Everything mm-hmm. that he was saying, it just kind of caught my attention. Yeah, I remember that scene, too. And when he said that, I was like, wait a minute. He, yeah. is, he is just waiting for the perfect moment. Regardless of the situation. Because now, okay, Shattered Sight's done with... We still don't know if the uh, frozen walls around Storybrook have gone down yet. They haven't addressed that. That's what I was going to say. Well, wouldn't it have gone down if the Snow Queen is dead? Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. It's down. So We won't know. My thing, too, with that, his whole plan, does he need to kill Hook? Is that a necessity for his plan to go through? Not anymore. I think it's just is it because more, he has the heart? It's just power. Oh. I think it just comes down to power. And then I think because Hook knows too much now... He doesn't want Hook leveraging that against him later in the future. But I thought, you remember when the Snow Queen whispered something in his ear, what he needed? And he said he needed, I guess it was, was it the heart or his friend to be, longest friend to be either dead or was it the heart? And that would be Hook, obviously. That or, I I thought it was more addressing that you need to get the most powerful, the people with the most powerful power into the hat to make it happen. You need to feed the hat pretty much. Feed it with as much power as you can. And when the lines, you know, when the stars align, you know, you get your way. Yeah, I thought it was something about, maybe I misunderstood that whole scene. Remember when he was tied up in the, on the wall and he said, you know, what I need is the blood of my Hmm. longest friend. And that would be you. But instead he took his heart so that he can control him to do all his dirty work. Maybe. We still don't know yet. But it just amazes me, even in this episode... I think we've lost Rumpel to the evil side again because um, all he's thinking at this point, let me get my way. That's number one. And number two, I'm going to manipulate those that I love, which is which who will be left is Belle and Henry. And in this very scene, he tells him, I will look like the hero because they won't remember anything when I go back to New York and they're there. They're not going to remember it. And right. I'm just going to tell them I was only able to save who I can And then I look like the hero. Mm -hmm. So he's back to his evil ways and manipulating ways. 
And I, I just feel so bad. It's made so much progress. Yeah, I was just going to say that he's still the villain. I don't think there is any kind of good in him. There's a, I mean, okay, there's a little bit, but not like others we have seen who do a turnaround. Mm-hmm. You know, like the Snow Queen, for instance, which we'll talk about later. But Or even Regina. Yeah, same with Regina, you know. There's, once they get what they needed, I don't know how to explain it. They turn around. They turn it around and... And you'll see it, you know, we'll discuss it a little bit later with the Snow Queen. I think Chris mentioned it too in his feedback from last week that there's no, and I think some other people as well, there's no turning back for him. Like he's he's gone too far. It's like he's gone already to the dark side. But again, it's the whole, he's got a goal and it doesn't matter who he hurts or how he gets it. As long as he gets to the end game, it doesn't matter. He Again, he addresses himself, you know, the dark one always finds a way. He right. keeps addressing himself exactly. as the dark one. He exactly. doesn't see himself as a good guy. Right. He doesn't care anymore. So That's true. He <sighs> does consider himself as that. That's right. Mm-hmm. Don't you feel, I think we mentioned it last week too. Don't you feel like there was something more between Rumpel and the Snow Queen? Yes, we did mention that. I wonder and, if we'll ever know that. Or, and that's what strikes me on this episode. I thought at some point you would have them unite once more. Right. Where they would kind of have some type of crossing with each other, but nothing happened. They were in two different places, and it's like, oh, well, next time you see Rumpel is him telling Hook, like, you're not off the hook yet, because just because that didn't happen, you failed me, our mission's still not complete. Right. So let's get into flashbacks with Ingrid and Emma. Let's do it. uh, Before we get to the grand, grand scene there. Chris writes... Ingrid and the psychic as his number five. How hilarious was it when she called her sorceress and she totally had Ingrid going? I'll tell you, very hilarious. Did Ingrid leave that jewel with the charlatan? Nice freebie. And then Emma and Ingrid's backstory as well. Cool to see more of this plot filled in. How did Ingrid adopt Emma in the first place? It was so funny how she manipulated Emma with Kevin and the spiders. He was a real jerkwad. Too bad they didn't show him getting failed on by them. That would have been funny. (laughs) Nice continuity with Emma causing lights to flicker because of her magic pretty much her whole life. Now it makes more sense to me why when her magic was out of control, all the electric stuff was going crazy. It makes me appreciate that plot a little more. I couldn't believe Ingrid put Emma in front of a car. Too insane even for her. Hurtful for Emma to think only a nut job would want to adopt her. It's sad how it turned out because they really had a nice relationship going. I'm glad it actually made sense how Emma met Ingrid in season one and lost her memories. I just really want to know what happened with her when everyone was taken back in Pan's curse. Maybe she got out of town before it got there because she could leave. Also, Emma saying, what is your pet rock? What is that your pet rock? Absolutely killed me. That was funny. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. A lot of, a lot of couple things important here. I, I like seeing the backstory of it. Yeah, me too. You get to see a lot of Emma. Emma has always been that constant, you know, puzzle in the storyline. You know, how is she the savior? What is her background? We just got to know her as an adult and just that she had a troubled childhood. Mm -hmm. Um, She had a troubled relationship with Neil, had a kid, just a rebel throughout her whole life. Right. And the second that she has a chance at seeing a better light for her you know, upbringing, things kind of turn for the worst <laughs> because you have Ingrid, you know, too soon 
you know, forcing yes. something too soon on a kid that is just getting to trust and she quickly blows the trust by freaking her out about powers, right. putting her at risk of dying in front of a, a car. Yeah, I mean, that scene too, I was like, oh my gosh, that is way too soon to be trying to do that. You know, she saw the little bit when they were at the fair or whatever it was, mm -hmm. and a little bit of the light flicker, but definitely when I saw that too soon. And I love the Harry Potter reference and their argument. <laughs> yeah, as a Harry Potter fan that you yeah, are. As a Harry Potter fan that I am, yes. So that was pretty funny. But yeah, it was sad because what would have happened if she would have wait, waited a little bit? She could have had the family she wanted way back when, but I don't know if as the book or as the stars have written it, they were supposed to meet in Storybrooke again. So one thing I also noticed, they did cover Elsa and Ingrid to begin with, right? They covered mm -hmm. that story, how that relationship did not really go off on the right foot. Now we see this one and it started on the right foot and then yeah. ends on a bad note. Right. But do you feel... Maybe I'm just looking into this episode, these past two episodes, a little too much. But do you feel like her attention is totally shifted to Emma, not even Elsa anymore? Not even her own blood? She looks forward more to gaining that trust back more with Emma than anything else. Is it because Emma is the savior and is the one that's more skeptical about it and determined to take her down? That they focus, like her focus is so much more on Emma. Like, I need to gain yeah. Emma back. I need to gain Emma back. I think... I felt a disconnect. I, I guess that's what it is. I felt a disconnect between her and Elsa. Yeah. And it was more with her and Emma, which is really S weird. Same here. But I think that the reason why we see that is that uh, Elsa is related to Ingrid. And she was trapped in the urn and knew where she was. Mm. Technically, right? Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah, yes. she was trapped. In yeah, the urn. she was trapped in the urn. But whereas Emma, she didn't know who the third person was going to be. So she so was she on that a, search. She was okay. on that search. But I did feel that disconnect as well. When, I, when she took their memories and gave it back, I was thinking, what happy memories? They didn't Is really show any happy memories with Elsa and Ingrid. I mean, they did a little bit, right? But not as much as what Emma had. I mean, Emma had a whole... It seemed like part of her childhood. I, I didn't get that either when she kept saying, you know, soon you'll love me, soon you'll love me. In mm -hmm. her voice when she says that, it's so convincing too. <laughs> yeah. uh, that actress is bomb. But when she kept saying that, soon you'll love me, and then we finally see the story, it's like, how? You freaked them out. You hurt them. Yeah. How I is that going to make you make them love you again? I, don't, I, I think don't with know. the combination of their their memories back and the yellow ribbons that maybe they having had. a more understanding right of of their relationship back then, yeah. I thought it was funny too with the psychic to uh, psychic scene. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, she's gonna get the psychic's gonna get her her ass beat it's, with the with the magic, and then we find out she doesn't even have magic. Yeah, it's it's that typical. Uh, <laughs> going to the psych and then they kind of feed certain words that you can feed them the information right. and then she quickly caught on yeah it was funny that was funny that was a funny scene but that goes back to okay she had no magic there mm -hmm. but when she goes to storybrook she's able to erase her memories was that by magic or was it I because think, of the pet rock or whatever <laughs> i think it's it's something magical and going back to storybrook but weren't they under the curse where there was no magic? 
in Storybrooke. That was the first curse. Hmm. That is I thought that was I thought that that's what it was. And I think was it somebody mentioned that. Yeah, I think Chris mentions mentions it about um taking her memory memories away when she goes back into the ice cream parlor and we see the young Emma. Right. Another thing about their whole history, you know, we see Emma run away mm-hmm. from from Ingrid or the Snow Queen. But throughout the season, we get bits and pieces of Emma's backstory. And, you know, we see her back with her friend Lily. And then we see her with Ingrid. And now there's that gap when she runs away to where she's with Neil. Yeah. So I wonder happens? if we get that chunk later We're on. Probably will in these coming episodes. All right. So let's go to the the grand finale of it all. Yeah, let's go for it. The resolutions. All right. Number one on Chris's feedback, the resolutions. Okay. All right, here we go. He writes, Emma figuring out Regina's hate was an antidote for the love of the ribbons was clever and a satisfying end to the ribbons. The resolution of what was in the bottle was equally as satisfying. I really don't see this coming. Who knew Gerda kept those memories and would want everyone to get them back? Anna and Kristoff on the beach was so cute. I love you. You're amazing. You're unconscious. <laughs> Finally, of course, the Snow Queen's resolution. This had to be the best ending to a villain. Ingrid sacrificing herself for everyone after how evil she was, I can't even put into words. How amazing it was. Here at the end, and knowing her whole story, she's definitely the best villain yet. This was such an amazing ending. Regina and Snowing, laughing about Regina wearing the snow <laughs> wearing the evil queen outfit was great. Rumple walking down the street putting on his coat to the end the episode was just unnerving. Next week is going to be phenomenal. All right, so let's see. Let's talk about the ribbons first. Yes, let's, <laughs> let's talk about that. So the ribbons are broken because they figure out, well, I need somebody to hate me as bad. <laughs> and they go towards Regina. That's when they confront each other and Regina, Regina. (laughs) and Emma is really, really gives it to her cold. Like I did this on purpose. I did that to hurt you and blah, blah, blah. So they put their hands up and Regina takes the ribbons off. When I first saw this, I was like, wait a minute, that's it. That needed to break (laughs) that, those ribbons full of like, full of love. I thought, you know, maybe Ingrid would, it would be too strong to destroy those because there was so much love in there. And all it needed was the equal amount of hate. So I was, I thought to myself, what? <laughs> but, you know, as I, you know, kind of thought about it a little bit more, what happened, you know, I thought to myself, what happened to love conquers all? But the ribbons attached to the three of them weren't based on, I guess, true love or yeah. the love that they had for one another. Which is pro- Yeah, exactly. It was fake love, manipulated love, which was my reasoning as to why it could easily break by the equal amount of hatred. That's a good one. I didn't think about but that. For me, at first, I was like, wait a minute. That strong thing, all it needed was that from Regina? Yeah, well, you know... Physically, it looks funny, right? Because yeah. she kind of just, they put their hands up, it's done. <laughs> but you think about it, what breaks love apart is hate. It's envy. It's jealousy. It's a manipulation. It's selfishness. Oh, and you see that in the eyes of Regina <laughs> when she's looking at Emma. Yeah. And all that embodied, especially knowing like, oh, she's a savior. 
her mom's the one who ruined my true love, <laughs> my my second chance at love. So she's just in rage. So what better? What is the key to killing love? That is hate. So I, I think. Uh, okay. You know. Okay, I think. I got it, it. I got when it. When you look at it in that way, yes, that makes total sense. But yeah. it was a little corny. You know, hands up. Okay. You know, rib- ribbons are off. Right. But the messaging behind that super super powerful, and I actually love it. Yeah. That. That's a good point. And then that last scene with that that's what I loved the most. It was when finally the spell is done and then you have Regina and Snow, they're just so tense and then mm-hmm. the spell comes down and they just start laughing at her dress. <laughs> <laughs> it's so hilarious. She's like, What am I wearing? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So to break the curse, we you know we see that they need to kill the Snow Queen. Whoever started it or whoever created it, the only way to break it is if they die. Yeah. And Emma and Elsa are on a mission to go find the Snow Queen and kill her. They think it's easy. We find out Elsa can't do it. But Emma was sure willing to until Anna interrupted. So my question is, do you think Emma really had it in her? I mean, they hesitated and they were waiting and... A part of me thought, you know, she wasn't she wasn't going to do it. Emma was going to do it. She already had gestured with her hands, but that's when the sister walks in. Elsa's the one who did not go through it. So we're seeing a very brave and very determined yes, determined Emma now again. And she's I think that that will continue to be a game changer is that Every situation that she continues to get in, she becomes stronger. She becomes more confident and more determined to save those who she loves. So I think, but she's also a level-headed person at the same time. Hence the hesitation. Yeah. She wanted to make sure it was right. And then she finally made that decision. No, I need to save my family. I need to save everybody, you know, one for all type of deal. So Anna comes in to kind of save the Snow Queen. She kind of saves the day in the sense that, you know, the letter, what the letter said was Gerda's, their mom's letter to Ingrid or to Anna and Elsa, letting them know who she really is. And in there were her memory, were memories. And in regards to those memories, and this is something you brought up, and I think we should bring it up. And that is, how does giving her those memories serve her well at this moment when her, we've had this impression that she hasn't lost her memory, and yet she does remember, okay, my sister put me in the urn. It's for them. They hated me. You know, she did. they didn't really love me, blah, blah, blah. She kind of had that memory. So why did she lose the other memories? Yeah, that's what, that was my question. How did she lose all the good memories? And the last thing she remembers is that Gerda put her in the urn, and it was her own family or her own people or her own family. Does it also serve maybe as a key t- to maybe uh, Elsa and Anna's mom put her own memories into that rock to remind her of the good oh, times? That could is be that it. what it is? That could be it. Ah, that's a good. That's a good theory. I like that. That it, that will explain it. Yeah, because it was those and reading that letter where she has a change of heart. The Snow Queen has a change of heart about the whole spell, and she now understands that you know her sisters did love her. It's it's kind of like she has. Everything kind of finally comes to light is when the uh, sorcerer told her, when you go to Storybrooke, this will set you free. This will set you free. This will be the moment when you meet this one. This will lead you to that moment that gets you back 
the love of your sister. So it's kind of like, this is what I needed. This is exactly what Mm -hmm. I needed. And this is, I think, the message of this past season is, is number one, accept who you are, accept people for who they are, and instead embrace embrace that embrace that and let cultivate it i guess is the magic word people like to use i hate that word but it's so corporate but um you you let people be who they who they are they were born that way you know lady gaga song comes in Mm -hmm. and then the other message here is the truth will set you free that's what happened in this episode the 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 second she heard that truth from anna read that truth it's like the sky's open for her she did have some resistance which she (laughs) I felt bad. She slaps Anna. Yeah. Oh, man, that was a slap. <laughs> yeah, but it, it was that one last push. Like, I'm hearing the truth, but I'm, I'm not so sure. Let I me see it for it. myself. Mm-hmm. And that's when the truth truly set her free. Right. And what a scene where she sacrifices herself and she's getting sucked in. And Emma's like, Emma and Elsa, there has to be another way. And they're like, no, this is it. But, you know, you shouldn't die. You deserve your... Emma says this. You deserve your happy ending. Yeah, and you kind of feel bad. You do feel bad. And she's like, "Well, I do have it now that I know my sisters love me. I, that's my happy ending. Here are your memories. That was awesome. Where you know all the shattered pieces of mirror coming, you know, attacking or going inside of her, and she gives them the memories. And at that moment, they tear up. Yeah, I was, I was a good scene. And I, I will have to be honest. When I first watched it, I was like, "What? I don't know. <laughs> I was mixed. Maybe because I didn't want this." the whole Frozen storyline to end and I didn't know it was ending? Or was it because I said this is very Lost-ish? <laughs> well, that- you did say that too. <laughs> I've never seen Lost. You keep bringing up, bringing up that this is, there's a lot of similarities to Lost. Yeah, I don't know if anybody else sees it who is also or was a Lost fan. But I, I see it again. They went back to their, what I called kind of like that holy, it turned holy for me. You know, she sacrifices herself mm-hmm. for those for the pretty much everybody she sacrificed herself and then she's going back to pretty much heaven to go with her sisters where her sisters are waiting for her that's mm-hmm. what she says i will now be reunited with them right and so the last thing you, you see is them, them as little kids running in the meadow yeah those are tear jerkers <laughs> but that that is very lost it became a very holy more than human type of experience you know and that, that's what I saw. But how did you feel about that moment in, in total? Do you think that's how the story should have ended? I would have liked to see the ribbons not to have been broken. But they do find a way to break the spell without killing Ingrid. And she knows of the letter and you have the three of them together. Like, what would have that been like if they, it all played out? Hmm. You know, yeah. they're still attached by the ribbons. Ingrid mm-hmm. doesn't die. The spell is broken. And then the the letter from Gerda. How what dynamic would that change amongst the three of them? Would they be one big happy family? Would here's one question to add to that. Mm-hmm. Let's say the Snow Queen stays. She's not the Snow Queen anymore. She's just plain Ingrid. She's nice, but now she knows Rumpelstiltskin's agenda. Maybe she right. tries to save them from rumple exactly what if she would have stayed exactly oh man or another thing too say they did have the yellow ribbons but the third one goes to anna oh 
would she be powerful to have that magic along with would she inherit right through them it would channel to her yeah i mean another way it could have gone too is the ribbons didn't break but ingrid does sacrifice herself gives the ribbon to anna and then let's see what kind of powers ensue from that? I mean, there's so many theories, or not theories, but ways you can go with this. Yeah. As far as the ending goes, maybe because I didn't really want it to end. Yeah. Like, seeing the next week's sneak preview of them going back to Arendelle. Yeah. I'm like, so I'm going to miss, I want to miss Anna. Yeah. That character. I want them to be. In story d- Kind of like other characters where they come and then they stay. Right. Because their characters, I think um, we would have to see a shift in Elsa because she's been. Uh, so uh, like a leader with like a right hand leader to Emma. There's mm-hmm. a lot of E's in here. So um, a right hand to Emma, but then that would shift down. But I'd love to still have them around, especially Anna's character. She kind of yeah. adds a lot of humor. The humor goes along with the show well. The way they've written her out, right. both her her and Kristoff, they go well together. They add a little bit of that humor all together. Yeah, and I think that's a humor we haven't really been seeing on the show. No, we have not. One question too, Ingrid, the Snow Queen, to me, she she plays a very, very good evil villain. Very good. But was she really a villain? She did sacrifice herself without any kind of reward, knowing that she would save Storybrooke. It was her fault she cast the spell, but... She's a villain turned savior. Because she did. She threatened... The whole town, she That's had, true. She I had know. her I side, keep... <laughs> she froze the whole town, yeah. she, um, look what she did to Rumpel, because of her evil doing and manipulation, she was able to, to really engage Rumpel back into that bad, evil villain that we haven't seen for a while. So I, I think she is, she is a villain. She's a villain in the sense like Regina, I think. Yeah. She saw the light, she leaves, and because... Okay, so that's another thing. Because of their doing, it's like they have to still deal with the repercussions, and hence it's Rumpelstiltskin. And we, again, uh, I'm pretty sure we'll see that in the next episode, that the frozen walls have gone down. But what if somebody got really hurt during the shattered sight? (laughs) You had that guy... the crossbow? Yeah, the crossbow going off. I just, I don't want... I don't want Anna and Elsa leaving... I know, me neither. I do want them to say, but hey, they have to go back to Arendelle and let everybody know of the sisters, the three. Yeah. And now for a game changer. In this episode, I would probably think the game changer, well, I think there's a couple. But I would say that message in a bottle and Ingrid sacrificing herself because of it. And not only does it change, you know, you have her save everybody because of it, but now when Elsa and Anna go back to Arendelle, they will be back to a community that's changed because they have all their memories back. Exactly. So I think that is a huge game changer. Something we probably won't see on that end, but... Or we could. Maybe they can go visit or something. (laughs) You know, they could cross, crisscross. I think dimensions. the other game changer for me was the fact that the the whole thing with Rumple still sits with me. I think that's a game changer. That was a secret that they revealed. Okay, I, I think that can apply to any situation. He's just waiting for the right moment. Oh yeah, yeah. Now we're all just waiting for that moment. Yeah, what's gonna happen? 
Any other game changer for you? I think that's it for as far as the episode goes. Yeah. Yeah. Those were the two big ones. And then we, we got some sneak preview. Oh my gosh. I'm excited. But before we get into the sneak preview, let's talk about some foreshadowing that we we that's have right. been seeing. We've brought on we've mentioned it on the show, except uh what was last night. Uh, except last episode. one key from the episode we did not mention because it just happened. These other two foreshadowings were given to us in prior episodes. So why don't you take it off? Oh yeah. So the early number one. Number one early in this in this season. Remember me saying in prior episodes about a crow is Maleficent coming to town. Yeah. And when I saw that, I was like, yes. When I saw next week's preview. Yes, finally. It's confirmed. It's confirmed. She's going to be there. And not even the press. You know, we see, like I see, like uh, I saw a couple other um, notices like, oh, so-and-so actress is coming on the show to play so-and-so. And we never saw anything about Maleficent coming back. But because we've seen some foreshadowing, and if you don't believe us, download Rewind, episodes yeah. one and two, I think. And then it's sprinkled throughout the season. We kept we coming up. We see that crow. Yeah. yeah, we see that crow. So Maleficent was foreshadowed. What is the number? Was the second one? The second one is Ursula. So they do make a reference to Little Mermaid. Mm-hmm. Blackbeard does. A, was it two episodes ago? Yeah, saying it was fantacular. I think so. I forget what he said. But and then they end up. And you said they, this. Yeah, they end up under the sea. Yeah. <laughs> So I thought, ooh, maybe this is going to connect the Ursula. This is going to, I mean, not connect, but this is Yeah, the pirates and the chest, and that kind of brings that foreshadowing. Now, the last one. Which you caught. I didn't catch this. I only caught it because I wanted, I I wanted to play along with the whole, you know, um, you know, pet rocks and poorly punching Will Scarlet's. And so I started, as I was watching the episode, I was like, I need to pick something to pick on so I can give my rating and, and say that. So when I saw this scene, I'm like, oh, uh, 10 Dalmatian stuffed Dalmatian toys. I was like, wait a minute, Dalmatians? <laughs> Who is that? Corella. Corella comes into the mix. So right I guess in the beginning of the episode, we see a foreshadow of Corella coming into the mix. Right. And we did mention it because we did hear yes. in the news. We just didn't know when. Right. I, honestly, from what I had read, I was expecting to see Ursula, but never seen um, Corella this early and definitely had no clue Maleficent. Was yeah, I had back. no clue with Maleficent. I I remember mentioning something about Cruella that they were going to pint it or what have you for the winter finale. Mm-hmm. We're thinking last night was the winter finale, or I'm sorry, thinking the last episode was the winter finale. Right. But when I saw the sneak peek for the winter finale next week, yeah. I was excited. I can't wait for that. That's going to be. And then that. What I mean, what a way to cliff have a cliffhanger of that sort until March. Three if you if, if you read right, if you got the, <laughs> I'm hoping yeah. it comes back earlier, but. Because that schedule is wrong, I'd have to do some research <laughs> again. It's probably, I'm, I'm hoping it's sooner than March, but um, from what, yeah, who knows? I think these winter breaks go on for a good, good while. Month, yeah. Especially with Gallivant 
<laughs> Galavant. Galavant, whatever it's called. Galavant, That's coming yeah. for four weeks, I think, in place of Once Upon a Time. Is it? I think so. I know they advertise it when we watch it, but... Yeah. First, you got little clips of him singing, and now you're getting more of what the show's going to be about, which looks funny. I'm interested in that. I'm interested. I think it's just going to be... Yeah. I mean, with Weird Al Yankovic, come on. (laughs) But yeah, without going too far off, it's very interesting where the show's going. We have three extreme villains coming in. Excited. Very excited. excited. (laughs) Yeah. We encourage you guys to continue to be part of the show, especially that we're going to be on a hiatus. Once again, we're going to leave it on the table for you. If you want us to continue the show um, here on Beyond Storybrooke without the show, but this gives us more of room to really analyze, discuss, predict, have fun. Uh, We can have a Google Hangout. We can hang out in the Facebook group. Totally up to you. Um, You want to come on the show be a a co-host with us to discuss these theories and predictions, you're more than welcome to. We always encourage it by going to beyondstorybrook.com. And if you'd like to support the show, we are brought to you by goldenspiralmedia.com. And if you just go to goldenspiralmedia.com or beyondstorybrook.com, there on your left side, you're going to see Patreon. That's how you can help us out as a whole, as a family, and keep the fun going. So thank you so much for listening. Until next time, we'll catch you next week.